0: You're listening to the sermon podcast from Real Life on the Palouse, reaching the world for Jesus one person at a time. Uh, this week we titled it False Image, uh, is what I titled this. And we're talking about, uh, or continuing on our Culture Shock series where we're like, are we moving our culture? around our God or are we moving God around our culture and what does that look like for us and so uh, we had an awesome teaching last week if you missed it Marty got a chance to share uh, this last week my wife and I debriefed uh, on that as we were going home and kind of really looked into ourselves about you know are we a we or are we an us and what does that look like uh, and seeing how the commandments kind of uh, are overlapping themselves so if you missed that um, you know catch up on that this week uh, Exodus 20:16. you shall not give false testimony against your neighbor so most of the things that I was studying and listening this week they're like yeah it says don't lie don't lie don't lie don't lie don't lie uh, and uh, that's true like that's a big part of this uh, commandment the saying. Um, but there's more to it and remember the context of this I want you to think about this in context as Moses is up there receiving these Ten Commandments and he's coming down, what had already happened for God's chosen people is they had already been freed. They had already had the sea split and walked right through it. They left bondage behind them and they were free. And here's what's so cool about this God that we all serve and have is, is we are free in Christ Jesus. Jesus. You and I have that same freedom. Now, how are we stewarding the freedom that God has given to us? And so they come out of this bondage, and they don't know how to act because they've been told how to act their whole lives for generations. They've been told what their worth is. They've been told who they are. They've They've been told what their value is. They've had to serve all of these other gods, and now they have this God that frees them He frees them. You are free. But they don't know how to act as free people. And so God's like, hey, you know, you want to represent me? You want to represent what this particular, what I look like? Because remember, there's lots of gods. What is this God about? Well, let me give you these 10 sayings. Let me give you these 10 things that will show you what God is about. it Will show you what his image looks like. If you can do these things, you will correctly represent me to the world. And guess what we're supposed to do? We... As Christians, if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, and you are trying to follow on the best that you can, you are, you you were voted for. His shed blood on the cross, he voted for you today, now. You were his pick to be here. He wants you to represent him on this earth. It's like, that's so cool, and that's so heavy. And so as I was going through this uh, and looking at some of the different texts, we see it at the very beginning. So it uh, depends on which Bible you look at. It says you shall not give false witness or false testimony against your neighbor, period, done. And so we see this false witness idea at the very beginning in Genesis 3. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the other wild animals the Lord God had made. So he could make a quilt like nobody's business. I mean, arts and crafts, he could draw things, That courtesy laugh was not as good as the first service, just so you know. (laughs) Joke was worse the second service. Got it. Okay. Next time I preach this, I won't put that one in there. Um, No, uh, he was crafty. He was cunning. And so he starts this off, let me plant this seed. And you've had seeds of deceit planted in your life uh, from Satan, from other people. And he says, did God really say that you must not eat from any tree in the garden? Did he really say that? Think about the lies that have been told to you and about you from the evil one. Trying to get you off track. Did he really say? Does God really love you? I mean, if he really loved you, then this wouldn't have happened to you. Let me talk to you about that. Let me see if I can get you off track. There's a battle for your mind. There's a battle to get you off track, and it starts here. It starts with false testimony. So really Eve goes on to say, and she corrects it, but she still says, no, he he said we could eat from any tree. Actually, it's the opposite. He said we could eat from any tree in the garden except for the one in the middle. Oh, well, you know why he doesn't want you to eat from the one in the middle? Because you... We'll be smart just like him. He is a selfish God. He doesn't want you to rise up to what he is. That's yes, yes. Do you believe? Okay. Yeah, come over here. Come over here. And that's how lies work. That's how false testimony. He, the first, he's, he's bearing false testimony against who? God. We'll get into more of that. Statistics. I, I love quotes and things. So here's some quotes that I found about lies. It's kind of interesting. Statistics don't lie. But liars use statistics. Some of the statistics that are interesting, you know that you could, you could lie or give false testimony for a good reason? One of the sermons that I was listening to, the guy said that, uh, so October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, is that correct? Right? And people wearing pink, and you've seen it happen, all the thing, right? Do you know that uh, and breast cancer is horrible? Like, it kills lots of people. This is not an attack on breast cancer. But you know that the f- founders of, like, the breast cancer awareness movement inflated the statistics, uh, like, at a huge, huge level to rally support for fundraising and research for that to make sure that every woman would go and get a mammogram, which they should, and you should do that stuff, whatever age it is, I don't know. Guys have other stuff we have to do later. Um, but, like, but they inflated it and lied about the statistics, but for a good cause. Same thing happened about the homeless uh, Homeless folks uh, in the early 90s, they were talking about this. This guy was talking about we got to solve the problem of homelessness in America and that there is, you know, two to three million people that are homeless in America. And like later on, they were kind of fact-checking this guy and looking down there. And he's like, I didn't really know how many there were. but It sounded like a big number. It needed to be big enough to scare people. Like, well, How many was there really? And they figured out later there was really two to three hundred thousand, which is still a problem, but you're saying a lie. To inflate and move. So people will lie for something that's good. This uh, quote was piercing to me this week. A lie that is a half truth is the darkest of all lies. Anyone else having a problem perceiving in our world right now what is true and what is not true? Is there anything happening? Is there so much noise out there right now? Trying to convince you that this idea is true or this idea is true or this idea is true and at some point many of us are like diving into it God's word is where we should get our truth from right we should be pouring that into our into our into our brain we should be pouring worship into our into our uh, ears and doing those things but like some folks right now especially if they don't know who God is they're like i don't I don't know and they just throw your hands up and then you pick the truth that aligns with what you think is accurate well this is must be the truth because I agree with it. It's confusing because a lot of it does. Like there is partial truths in what they're saying, and this is this next quote is for our election. And I'm sure that this is going to happen. I'm not sure that this is going to happen. That's a lie. Um, <laughs> it is better to be defeated on principle than to win on lies. It's better to be defeated on principle than to win on lies. I do, for some reason, I just don't think that that's the basics of the campaigns on either sides. I just don't think that that's true. I'm not trying to campaign for anybody here. It's just interesting, isn't it? That's not the motto that's on anybody's wall. So let me tell you what kind of messed me up this week as I was uh, researching and diving this, and I, was, I did all this, this, these different sermons that I was listening to and all this stuff, and then I thought I'd go to the Bible. Just kidding. I was in the Bible before that. And I was reading Proverbs 6, uh, 16 through 19, and here's what it says in the NIV. It says, there are six, thing the Lord's, the six things that the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to him. Well, cool, good to know. Haughty eyes. A lying tongue. I was like, yes, that's why I looked in the back of my Bible. I looked for lying, and that's where it took me. I was like, cool, that's, I'll use that one. But I kept reading. A lying tongue. Hands that shed innocent blood. I was like, oh, I can't wait. Someday I'll talk about that. A heart that devises wicked schemes. Feet that are quick to rush into evil. A false witness who pours out. I was like, time out wait a minute, I thought we already talked about the lying part of it. And I was confused. Wait a minute, because it said a lying tongue, and then it says false witness, and those are separate. And so, wait a minute, what is the one I'm talking about this week? Oh, it says don't bear false witness or a false testimony. And I was trying to decipher, like, wait a minute, all the sermons, a lot of the sermons I was listening to says it's about not lying. But this one separates it into two pieces. And I was like, okay. So uh, feet that are quick to rest into evil, a false witness who pours out lies, and a person who stirs up conflict in the community. Hmm. So I've been trying to decipher the difference between false witness, false testimony, and just straight-up lying. And so here's some things that I kind of uh, landed on. When you're thinking about like a false witness, this is slander. This is slander. You're going to say something bad about somebody that may or may not be true. Uh, and then when I think about lying, it's oftentimes to either uh, elevate my status, and sometimes I need to elevate my status by reducing your status. And do you know that false witness has killed millions and millions and millions and millions of people? Because you can have false witness against an entire race of people. You can have false witness against an entire race of people. Bearing false witness makes someone else look bad. Let me tell you the story here uh, that I was reading this week. By the time Nazism arose in Germany in the 1930s, anti-Semitism was nothing new, not by a long shot. The Jewish people had suffered a long history of prejudice and persecution, and although the Nazis perpetuated century-old lies, this time those lies would have their most devastating effects. Like never before, anti-Semitism was manifested in a sweeping national policy known as the Final Solution, which sought to eliminate Jews from the face of the earth started thinking about this but i'm like there had there's like brilliant doctors and lawyers and like like every culture has like a bunch of really really smart 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 folks that have lots of letters after their names how could they be fooled into something like this to accomplish this adolf hitler and his minister of propaganda have a minute i'm looking for a new position here at the church called a minister of propaganda no i'm not <laughs> A minister of propaganda, that's your title, like your resume. And I was a minister of propaganda. Joseph uh, Goebbels uh, launched a massive campaign to convince the German people that the Jews were their enemies. So you have to convince an entire country that somebody else is your enemy. Having taken over the press, they spread lies, blaming the Jews for all of Germany's problems, including the loss of World War I. One outrageous lie dating back to the Middle Ages claimed that Jews engaged in ritual killings of Christian children and used their blood and unleavened bread at eaten at Passover. Man, those mean folks killing Christian children. We should get rid of them. a Final solution. Using Jews as a scapegoat, Hitler and his cronies orchestrated what they called the big lie. And this theory states that no matter how big the lie is, or more precisely because it is so big, people will believe it if you repeat it enough. Everyone tells small lies Hitler reasoned, but few have the guts to tell colossal lies because the lie is so big, it's, it's, it's unlikely that people will accept it. So think about this. The very words spoken out of someone's mouth and told over and over and over and over again as responsible for the killing, the murdering, the butchering of millions and millions and millions of people trying to exterminate an entire race of people. Maybe this commandment Comes to the heart of God's people. It is so easy. Words travel so far and so fast right now. Like you had to work to tell an awesome lie like in the eighteen hundreds. Now you can spread it to thousands and thousands and thousands of people, and people will quote your lie thinking that it's truth. We have to be so, so, so careful. So bearing false witness makes someone else look bad, whether it's a race or an individual. Uh I had a friend of mine. Um he called me up and he and I used to be in a a, a church together and we he was in an accountability group with me and he had called me up and said, like, Josh, would you be please pray pray for me? And I was like, "Sure, man. I'll pray for you. How's things going?" Well, he had made some pretty colossal mistakes in his life before that when I knew him and, and pursued him. But he had been divorced and was sharing custody of his three daughters. And um, uh, he was accused of inappropriate contact with his youngest daughter when, uh, at some point in time. And I said, "Well, I'm going to pray for you. That's awful." And I prayed that the truth would come out for him, that the truth would set him free. He called me again probably six, seven months later, and uh, he said, my lawyers are super excited, Josh. I was like, cool, that's good news. Like, what's going on? And he said, "Um, they've got the best, they've never seen a plea deal like this before in a case like this. This is like the best plea bargain deal I could get. And he said, I would only have to spend like six months to a year in jail and I wouldn't have to go to trial, which they said, if you go to trial, this is going to be super ugly. Like your name is already drugged through, but they are going to find every bad, horrible thing you've ever said, done or did or whatever. They're going to paint you to look like a monster and you're going to spend 25 to $75,000 defending yourself. And, um, you know, this is, this is, this is a dream deal. And he's like, okay, well, what's the plea deal and and what I have to say? What would I have to say that I did? And they told him what he would have to say that he did. And he said, I'd rather go to prison. And he was facing 50 years in prison, 25 for each account. He said, I'd rather go to prison for 50 years than to ever say I did anything like that to any child, much less my own. Let's go to trial went to trial. So when this happens, this thing blows up. Uh, he had a job in a community that you couldn't really have if you were being accused of something like this. And so he lost his job. Uh, he couldn't see his kids for any of his daughters uh, for the two years that this whole trial went on. He couldn't even see him. No celebrating a birthday like you're with him every weekend. All those things, boom, they're gone in your life for two years. And goes to trial and ends up, uh, trial happened a month or two ago, and uh, goes to trial and gets uh, acquitted on both accounts. Innocent. So everything goes back to normal, right? He gets back his awesome job. He, doesn't, he gets back somehow magically seventy-five to $100,000 that he spent defending himself. He has a great relationship with his kids. Since he hasn't seen him for two years, no, everything does not go back to normal. Now, the sad part is, and I don't blame the mom either, the sad part is, is if something happened to that daughter, like justice hasn't been served. Right? But do you see what happens with our words and how they can go through an entire race or an individual? And so being careful what we do with our words. Proverbs 24 says, do not be a witness against your neighbor without cause. And do not... Deceive with your lips. You ever told a lie to make yourself look better? Have you ever taken a photograph to make yourself look better? <laughs> wait. Uh, let's see. Those of you that are here must have already killed your animals this year, so you probably already got your massive, uh, big, huge elk or deer where you're just like, wait, hold it out here. Wait, it's a spike, but hold on. Wow, that's a massive spike, right? Or you see like the the, pitcher, the the fisherman holding up like a 40-pound bass with their pinky, but it's way out here. It's like, look look how massive that fish is, right? We're trying to do things like, I'm a good hunter. I'm a good fisherman. I'm a good all these things. I'm not, but uh, ever try and make your presence look better on any social media platform than it really is? Getting a vacation. You go on your vacation. You're like, hey, guys, yeah, just got in a huge fight with the family. Everybody's separated. Having dinner by myself. No, it's always the beautiful family photo. Things are great. You know, we're doing, man, if you looked at some people's lives on Facebook, you'd be like, wow, they are living the life. Well, there's different types of lies. Uh, and I got this off of a source, which is underneath here. So there's different kinds of lies. White lies. A, a white lie is often called the least serious of all lies. People tell white lies claiming to be tactful or polite. How was the casserole? Interesting. You know, uh, honey, does this, does this dress, how does this dress look on me? Does it make me look fat? Yeah. You just, the guy's head explodes. The difference between guys and girls, guys will be like, hey, man, does this, hey, Greg, does this shirt make me look fat? He's like, no, your face does. <laughs> Greg would never say that to me. He's too nice. But it's just a little lie the problem with little lies is it gets you in the habit of of starting down the lying trail, and you want to be tactful. And you want to "How's the casserole? I've had better." That's probably not the answer. You can find, you know, the things I liked about it was that it was hot, <laughs> right? We want to have tact. How about broken promises? I'm somewhat guilty on this one. Not someone I am guilty on this one. Broken promises, failure to keep ones. Spoken commitment or promise. I have a problem with boundaries. I love to say yes to lots of things. And I want to, and especially as a pastor, you're like, you don't want to let anybody down, which is unfortunately, because I'm pretty sure I've let most of you down at some point in time, or I will in the future. Uh, But uh, as a pastor, you know, you don't want to let anybody down. So I'll make these promises. But one of the promises that I had broken for quite a few times is in our sermon club. And what happens in the sermon club is I'm supposed to preach this message on Tuesday so they get to all hear it and they can refine it and give me feedback and we can correct and get rid of the uh, bad jokes, which we didn't do, um, all of those things. And then, uh, and then I'd be more prepared. And so that's what I kind of had set it up at. But it, we went like weeks without me preaching the sermon in Sermon Club, which is a broken promise. And one of my guys called me on it. He's like, so are, like, are we serious about doing this? Because like, you haven't done this. And I was like, eh, eh. And it's bold to, to call, your, call your boss out on something, but I needed it. And because it's for the betterment of me. But if you have boundary problems, you can break promises that you didn't intend to intend to break. And you don't want to look like a liar in front of your staff. You don't want to look a, like a liar in front of your people. Um, so either don't make those promises or change or come through. And so um, anyway, I'm grateful for a team that will call you out on stuff like that. Call me out on stuff on the app. How about lies of fabrication? Fabrication is telling others something you don't know for sure is true. But I heard, let me, let me pass this on. I'm not really sure if this is true, but I heard this. Fabrications are extremely hurtful because they lead to rumors that can damage someone else's reputation. Spreading rumors is not just a lie, but it's also stealing someone else's reputation. Bold-faced lie, that's kids saying like, no, I didn't have the cookie, just wearing it on their face, Right? None of us have done that. The lying and exaggeration. Exaggeration is enhancing the truth by adding lies to it. Hunters and fishermen. Uh, the person who exaggerates usually mixes truths and untruths to make themselves look impressive to others. The exaggerator can weave the truth and lies together, causing confusion even to the liar. I can What did I say? After a while, exaggerator begins to believe his or her exaggerations. Lies of deceptions. The deceiver tries to create an impression that causes others... To be misled by tell, by not telling all the facts or creating a false impression it 's called the sin of omission. You just tell the things that you want to say that'll get to your point of view. you omit stuff you don 't tell all of the truth. Remember the saying you know liar, liar pants on fire, good job right yeah, why are your pants on fire if you 're a liar because you 're working with with the evil one right plagiarism uh, Compulsive lying. Skip over a couple of these in the interest of time. Compulsive lying is often caused by a low self-esteem and a need for attention. I'm good, guys. Trust me, I'm good. Let me tell you how good I am. In fact, a compulsive liar finds it all but impossible to stop. Like a compulsive liar tells their mistruths even when telling the truth would be easier and better. So used to it. Um there's a source I didn't put in here, but if you haven't read it, there's a book called Walking in the Dust of Rabbi Jesus and uh, Lois Dvorborg, I think so how you say your last name. And chapter seven is 26 minutes if you listen to it like I did multiple times. Um, but I would highly encourage you to get that book either on Audible or buy it and listen. It's all great, but chapter seven specifically deals with lying. And this one is where it was taken up a notch for me this week. Um... She, said, uh, she didn't say this, but this is, say the words Lashon, hurrah. And it's like, yeah, Lashon, hurrah. No, no don't do that. Um, it's basically saying something negative about a person or a party. It's not seriously intended to correct or improve the negative situation, and it is true. Speaking negatively about something about somebody even when it's true was considered a sin. Well I speak the truth. How are you speaking the truth? With love and compassion and kindness and gentleness and relationship? Or are we speaking the truth? Like Lashan Hara. I'm speaking the truth to hammer somebody. Spreading a bad name. So, the analogy that was used in the book, uh, this guy was having a problem with it, and he went to his rabbi. He was having a problem with speaking the truth or speaking speaking things, just kind of his mouth was pretty loose. And so the rabbi says, Go get a pillow. And so he went and got a pillow, one of the feather downy pillows, like that. And uh, let me fabricate this a little bit more. For, for, no, I'm going to fabricate it. Uh, they, okay, well, rip open the pillow, rip open the pillow, shake it up and down, shakes it up and down. And can you imagine if you did that like on Friday? or like whenever that windstorm came through and blew over my outhouse at the house we're building and blew everything over, all the feathers just... Whew. Now go get all the feathers and put them back on the pillow. That would be pretty hard to do, wouldn't it? And wouldn't it be pretty hard to do today with our mouths and bearing false witness against someone? How's my friend gonna get all the feathers back on the pillow of his life he's branded he's branded you know there's a little article my friend I was telling you about so there's all these news outlets and everything that happened that we're talking about it little like third page back page article blah 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 acquitted on these accounts done they didn't make as big of a deal about the acquittal of those things as they did the accusation and that's probably a, a word to our culture so when you tell lies who do you represent? Colossians 3:9 says do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices. When you become a believer in Jesus Christ, you commit to change. You commit to allowing yourself to be made in his image. He voted for you. Now what are you going to do with this freedom, this free gift of salvation when you've accepted it? What are you going to do with it? Who are you going to represent? So you have these. You've taken off your old self with these practices. You don't lie as much anymore. At least maybe you get convicted about it. You're like, "Hmm, I don't know if that was all the way true," and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge and image of its creator. John fourteen sixteen. Jesus says, "I," he answered, "I am the way and the truth and the life. Lies." Always work against the kingdom of heaven. Lies always work against the kingdom of heaven. If it's about a race, if it's about an individual, if it's about a certain group that doesn't believe the same way that you do, they always work against the kingdom of heaven. And what is our job here as believers? We are to help bring the kingdom of heaven crashing into earth. So who do you represent when you tell lies? Jesus was talking, uh, to, to some folks that weren't following along with what he was doing. And I mentioned this in our murder sermon series, but he said, Hey, you guys, you guys, you belong to the father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. So what are the, what is the devil's desires? In John 8, 44, says he was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks in his native tongue for he is uh, a liar and he is the father of lies. Yeah, because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. When we catch ourselves in our lies, we're, we're representing the wrong, the wrong person. Whether it's on your taxes, whether it's just a little one, somebody didn't price something right, right in the store and you got away with it, somebody forgot to charge you for something, Be an honest people. Be an honest people. Lies always work against the kingdom of heaven. The worst lies, the worst false testimony that ever happens is right here. The lies that you tell yourself. I've been more hurt by the lies I've told myself than than you guys will ever say about me. Because I tend to believe myself more than I believe you guys so, what are you controlling in between your ears? What lies is God telling you about your marriage? What lies is God telling you about the way you're, or not God, what lies is Satan telling you? What lies are you telling yourself? God doesn't lie to you, just clarification. What lies are you telling yourself that you're believing to get you off track? Are you, what was, what was that, you know, that one uh, in Proverbs just wrecked me. A false witness who pours out lies and a person who stirs up conflict in the community. Do not. That's what God hates. Seven, he detests. He hates people that stir up conflict in a community. Oh, I'm a awesome. Get these people worked up over here. That's the work of the devil. We're truth tellers. We want to speak the truth in love and relationship. We're going to take this time to go into communion. If you have your communion elements, go ahead and open those up. So whose side are you on? Jesus clearly states what the devil's practices are. He wants to divide your marriage. He wants to divide your friendships. He wants you to make mistakes, things that you feel ashamed of and are guilty. He wants you to be a slave to everything, not a slave to nothing. You know why you're a slave to nothing? Because you've been set free, and you know who set you free? Jesus Christ. And how do you choose to accept that freedom? How do you choose to accept the will and plan that he has for your life? Or do we want to believe the lies? We have the privilege of taking communion every week, um, and we should take it in a worthy manner. Scripture says we should take it in a worthy manner. If you have aught against your brother or sister, You should fix that. You should leave your sacrifice at the altar. I was ready to take communion uh, in the first service and I said those words and I was convicted. So I don't get to join you in taking communion today. I have a relationship that I need to go make right this week in order to take communion today, but I will lead you guys through it. But I want you to think about these uh, questions that you'd be going over in your life group. I want you to think about some of these things and see if we can become a community and a body of truth tellers. And remember Lashon Hara telling the truth about somebody, even if it defames them, like "How, how, how can I manage that? What does that look like? Maybe I should just let God handle that piece of it, but it's the truth. Yes, it's his truth. Let God handle it. So what are some ways our culture determines what is truth? What are some ways our culture determines what truth is? How does the culture idea that truth is relative personally impact you? Eh, It's it's my truth. I agree with it, so it must be true because I'm pretty smart. What scriptures have the greatest impact on your understanding of the truth? Take this time before you get into your life group, before our our, uh, youth meets tonight, Take this time, what what, what does scripture say about truth? What aspects of your life do you struggle to be truthful about? And when is it most difficult for you to live in the truth? All questions that people will be talking about in community. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took the bread, and we had given thanks, he broke it, and he said, this is my body. It's for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Go ahead and take it. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink of it in remembrance of me, for whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. We proclaim his truth. Take it. Father God, these are basic and hard teachings for me. These are your basic instructions of how you want your people to represent you. You want us to be passionate about the truth and compassionate in how we say it. Let us be a community that has ears that would hear you well, that we would hear each other well, that we would understand that we do think differently and that, 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 it, that it isn't easy, but we love each other enough. We love each other enough to hear each other. Let us be uh, people that seek the truth in your word. Protect our ears from what we're hearing out there. Let us have wisdom and discernment. Give us discernment, Father. This this body needs discernment. I need discernment. I want to hear from you, Lord. Your purpose, your plan. Lord, let us not get wrapped up in the lies of this world we'll be wrapped up by your son and his truth because he is the way and the truth and the life let us chase that in Jesus' name amen thanks for checking out this message from real life you can find out more about us by visiting lifer and connecting with us on facebook and instagram until next time have a great week